kick off your boots and put down your hunting knife. It's time for the Outdoor Man Podcast with the man himself, Outdoor Man Dan. Join us for fun stories, useful how-tos, and insights into what being an outdoorsman means today and what it may mean in the future. From ethical hunting and conservation to new stories to tell around the fire. Let's get into today's show with your host, Outdoor Man Dan. Hey, welcome to this week's episode. So, this week's episode is with the Royal Protest, uh, the Tayside Moreland Group. Their aim and objectives and all that was the Royal Protest they had done online a few months ago, a good few months ago now, um, and it's about getting recognition and, a f- and fairness for Royal Workers. I won't say any more about that now, I'll let them explain it a damn sight better than what I can. But, before we delve in, don't forget to check out the outside Outdoor Man Merchandise, um, it's all on Instagram at the moment. It will be on my website eventually, but at the moment it's not. Um, and also, if you want to start your own podcast, maybe you you like, uh, I don't know, anything. Maybe you think you can do a better job than me, then feel free. Head out to, head out to Podbean, use the promo code OUTDOORBEAN and start recording. Simple, get 10% off. So let's delve in. Cool. Thank, thank you guys for doing this. It's much appreciated. Um, the thing, the reason that I got in touch was it was actually quite quiet at my end and I couldn't understand what was going on a little bit with the rural protest. And then today I spoke to a mate of mine up in Inverness and said, so I was talking to you guys and yeah, he said that protest, I didn't really get it. Um, so what's the, the who, what, why's and when's really? Um, okay, so we basically um, we wanted to to have a protest, but with COVID, obviously we were we couldn't do a demonstration, which we had originally planned in Holyrood. Um, so we thought the only the best way to do it was to do it online, and we're basically fed up of not being heard by the Scottish government. Um, across the board there's not much respect towards the the rural workers across the board from you know farmers keepers river gillies um crofters and and so on um you know i know myself we invite them out uh, to come and visit and see things firsthand and learn you know from the boots on the ground direct so that they can when they're making their decisions, they have a more of a balanced view, but they don't, there's very few that do come out. And the ones that do come out, we're grateful for, but we do find that we're kind of preaching to the converted, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, it was a, for us, I think it was, um, it was actually, we were a bit nervous as to how it would go because it was the first ever online protest in the UK. Um, so obviously we were very nervous of how how it go would it be a success and I think it's safe to say that it it was you know we've seen people from all uh walks of of life who who believe in the work that's carried out by these people there's people that enjoy um the countryside there's businesses that are affected by 
you know, the work that, that we do, a lot of their business and trade in these rural areas come from the estates and, you know, local, um, like rural residents that, you know, whether they live on a farm or on an estate that, you know, they they thrive off of that, plus the, the tourism that it brings. So, yeah, it was just a time to say enough is enough, really. And, you know, you have people in, in Edinburgh who are making decisions affecting our lives and, they don't have the first clue, you know, about what it is that we do really. So that was the main purpose of it. I don't know if anyone else has anything else to add. But. Um, well, I would like to add that um, I think it was it was successful on a number of points, but I think the main one being that um, if we had had the practical demonstration in Edinburgh and mm-hmm. at Holyrood, to a certain extent, they could have closed the doors and just ignored us, you know, um, with it having been online, um, we've been able to tag politicians into the posts on the day, in the build-up. Um, and as a result, um, we've had cross-party acknowledgement, haven't we, Leanne? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it has been noticed. Now, it might be that we're coming up to an election and they've decided that typical politician, they'll say what we would like to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think not. But we'll have to wait and see on that. But um, I think I think possibly we got actually got more noticed, strangely enough, being online than if we just stood in the rain outside the door. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree because it, you know, if we had done that, it would have been one day the media would have, you know, maybe picked it up and it would have been on the news at six o'clock at night. Whereas we have, I mean, I have the the stats and everything in front of me. The amount of coverage that we had, not just for one day, but for a full week across tv radio um you know newspaper all forms of media um and and just seeing the level from like i say businesses and the the real workers that are involved in these groups or members of the sga itself it had a knock-on effect to i mean we were overwhelmed by the amount of people that got involved from all ages um kids especially which kind of got I don't know this because I've got two little ones, but that got to me the most seen, you know, because it's they're, they're the future. So if we don't yeah. protect what we have now, you know, what's it going to be like for them when they want to choose their career? So yeah, I'm, that's why I started this podcast because more for my yeah. doors. What we've done, it was quite unique as well and quite niche. And it's good to know we can, we're quite capable of doing something like that, that again on quite a regular basis as well. It's, it's quite easy for us to do just to get a few videos of, and keep his families, farmers' families. It only takes ten to twenty seconds to get a just to get a video in, and then post it online. And like Mark and Leanne was saying, it's it's an easy way to tag people in, especially, especially politicians as well, and get noticed. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we we do get rather frustrated that we write to them regularly uh, via email, and you never get you very rarely do you get a response. And if you do, it's most likely a genetic, thanks for emailing our, you know, the TV. Yeah. And you never really get anything back. And like I say, the ones that we we would probably get something back from are the ones that believe in what we do and support us anyway. So, um, yeah, it it is very frustrating. It's funny you should talk about emailing and that because I I read the. it was a Scottish um, uh, member, uh, member of the government who had backed some keepers 
for something that had like tiring all keepers with br- the same brush and like bullying keepers and stuff. And I thought, you know, what, that's, I'd like to do an episode on that. So I emailed him and said, look, you know, thank you for what you've done, but could we have a bit of a chat about it? Yeah. <laughs> Radio silence, nothing. Yeah. You know, it's a shame really, because they could do more to push it. But like you said, with elections and everything else, cards get played very close to the chest and it's a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had um, a politician, uh, a female politician that's well known to our industry. I won't name names, <laughs> but we had her come out and visit an estate uh, when she um, was a slightly braver, shall we say, um, and because we publicised it, people that are against or what we do, the kind of aunties, um, yeah. who lobby and and you know the the harassment and the abuse that they throw and and i think social media that's the danger of that gives these people such a platform um she got inundated with just it took me five years to get her to come back out um because of she didn't want to have that um you know barrage of abuse that she'd got for for coming out and and seeing what it is that we do um, and I think that is something that needs highlighted is that they are, you know, they do listen to their their opinions are almost swayed by these people who have just got one agenda and one agenda only, and that's to see the end of grouse shooting primarily. Um, mm-hmm. They don't realise the knock-on effect that that has to jobs, livelihoods, um, you know, uh, mental health all of these things so i said to an auntie one day when we were hunting i said okay so we stop hunting you get, you get your way we finish i said everything happens they stop shooting pheasants they stop shooting deer shoot everything i said well, what are you going to do with the deer once we stop shooting them mm-hmm. you know we'll, we'll just relocate them i went yeah but what happens when there's nowhere else to relocate I said, you don't understand that management is management mm-hmm. and he just didn't have an answer and it's just because it's such a blinkered blinkered view and like i said social media just kills it mm-hmm. yeah yeah I would, I would agree with what leanne said i mean it's it's their it's their way in to the likes of that politician etc and the vitriolic abuse that comes with it is is in, is intended on only one purpose and that's um to deter anybody from actually trying to get information to try and learn to try and find out exactly what goes on on a grouse moor or on a on a shoot of any description um i think that's that's the thing that they're most worried about that if politicians actually do come out and visit they'll actually think hang on that's not what i read in the newspaper or that's not what a certain uh, mm-hmm. celebrity said on the on the television you know that's what they're deeply worried about yeah 100 percent. it's all image and it's so wrong yeah uh, go, um, going back to what you said a minute ago uh daniel about the deer and that and that kind of thing so what the, the government are doing at the minute they're uh they want they wanted to plant thousands of acres of trees and at the minute they're doing they're doing that obviously they're fencing these these trees in which they're planting and it's pushing the deer out and the the government are basically wanting to open seasons up to to public or whatever to like, try and shoot more of them but obviously we're a bit upset about that because we we manage them fairly well 
um, but they're just pushing into feeding grounds that they're not capable of actually feeding on anymore. And so if they're kind of countering themselves in a way in, in the fact where, you know, they're trying to push us to a point where we're not able to do anything, but then they're asking us or getting contractors in to try and cull these deer at ridiculous numbers. It's just not, it's just not viable. Um, I had heard, um, and you'd be able to give me the yes or no on this, that a lot of the fencing is causing a lot of accidents as well because it's funneling deer into roads and various bits and pieces and there's more, there's more, there's more traffic accidents apparently because of this fencing. Yeah, I could probably believe um, that, especially in the area I'm kind of in, you, you can see that happening, definitely. And we've got big forestry blocks around us and they're all, they're all fenced into them. And like you say, if you, if you get deer out on the road, there's nowhere for them to go at all, apart from the road. And that is when accidents do happen. So no, you're right with that. Yeah, no, it was, that was something that was brought to me a few months ago. Someone said to me, I was like, mm-hmm. fucking hell, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so outcomes, what were the outcomes? So you had, a good, you had good, a good push. So where did you go from here? So we um, have, alongside well, with the SGA, um, have presented the government with five kind of key asks um, which are that the Scottish government backs the establishment of a cross-party group to hear rural workers' concerns firsthand, um, that Scottish government afford equal weight uh, in lawmaking to local and Indigenous knowledge, respecting its own missed target point, um, 18 of the challenge for Scotland's biodiversity, uh, the Scottish Government commits to uh, robust and open auditing of publicly funded conservation projects, ensuring measurable returns for taxpayers if targets are not met, that cash returns to Scotland. The Government um, commits to a review of access so that the positive freedoms are matched with similar responsibilities. The Countryside Code should become part of the school curriculum And finally, that the Scottish Government addresses the clear findings of two parliamentary inquiries into salmon farming and delivers a public timeline for actions. Hells bells, busy time. Yeah. (laughs) But I I I think there, have we had an update on the school's curriculum one? I think, I can't remember if we, maybe don't put that in because I'm not (laughs) confident the other day. But what we have had is uh, an immediate reaction to the first one, that Scottish Government backs the establishment of a cross-party group to hear rural workers' concerns firsthand. And again, that's come cross-party. That's good. They are are recognising that that actually may not be a bad idea. Um, And that there there are certain, as I say, certain MSPs are looking into it and have have, have openly talked about it. Uh, Again, it's pre-election. We'll wait and see. I think, um, as we as we mentioned before, um, misinformation um, and I won't say ignorance. Um, I think misinformation is one of the greatest barriers that we face, um, and I think social media allows us access to the general public, um, so that we can tell the story, so that we can um, shoot down some of these. Um, well. Let's, let's be honest, lies that um, certain individuals and organisations put up about, um, about the sector. Um, and I think it's 
very important. I mean, Leanne will tell you, I'll give her time to say, but, um, you know, we we run a scheme called Estates That Educate or Estates Who Educate. Um, and it's vitally important that we get school children and the general public out onto the ground um, so that they can see what happens, you know. Yeah, 100%. It's vitally important. Um, and I think that that's certainly the way forward. That's what we've got to push. We've got to push because we are battling at the minute a small minority, um, but they're big hitters, you know, and they do command the field at the minute. Um, and we have to, uh, and we have to find a way of breaking that down. And I think that um, the more we can inform the public, the, the better the, the better chance we have. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the amount there's still, I think, you know, you said, uh, I think you said ignorance there. Um, I think there is quite a majority of people that are still quite ignorant because, and especially, I think, you know, from the content I've received. Um, and Alice will be the same for posting and, and yourself, Mark, for posting on the pages, the level of disrespect that people have when they are coming out and visiting the countryside with the amount of rubbish that's left behind. Mm. Um, you know, we're getting into the, the better weather now where they'll be out barbecuing and, and they'll not care if, you know, it, they leave that behind and it could, you know, put off a, a wildfire. Um yeah. We get people out walking and, you know, I think, did you not, you put signs up the other day and within 24 hours they were vandalised? Yes, one of our estates did. It was a polite notice. It just simply said, livestock, be aware of livestock. Please keep dogs on leads. And they were torn down within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and, and yeah, that, I mean, the amount of people that they pick up their after their dogs and they just leave it in bags and they're either yeah. like roads or hanging in trees. And it's like, whose, whose job is that to come and pick up all of, you know, these, these things that you're, you're leaving behind. I saw some tied to a gate the other day. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so. Which takes, back, which, take, which takes us back to point number four in the five asks that the countryside code should become part of the school curriculum. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's where it starts. Yeah. I don't think. Parents- if the parents aren't able to or are choosing not to um, to set the example, then it's got to come. It's got to come that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, transparency. We need to be. Sh- we need to do the right thing, so then they can say, "Well, you're not. You're doing this. No, we're not. This is what we're doing, and this is why you've got to do it." Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, and I said this when the ban came in, um, that a lot of people put their heads in the sand and said it will go away, and the hunting ban hasn't gone away. And it's only gotten worse for us. Mm. And, and and now we're backpedaling like hell and I don't know where the end is. I really well, don't. All, to be honest, we always seem to be playing catch-up. Yeah, 100%. You're absolutely right. It's time that we got got together, thought about this and started pushing so that we were preempting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking the fight back to them because they've done it to us enough. And and we need to post everything, you know, everything needs to be pushed out there. I said, I did an episode on um, the RSPB and keepers killing birds of prey. That's my favourite topic at the moment. Um, and I said, you know, you go to the doctors and Dr. Shipman killed loads of people, but you don't go to the doctors and expect be, to be murdered by a doctor. So why should, just because I'm a gamekeeper, be accused of killing birds of prey? 
And then literally, I put that episode out, and two days later, somebody in Kent shot a buzzard. I'm just like, oh. Unfortunately, there's still a very small minority out there, and yeah. can easily unravel the, the good work that we are trying to do. But times have changed, and I think it's important that people see that. And I do find it really frustrating when you, you have got, you know, the, I do see the keepers working hard, and I see the the goalposts being constantly moved and you guys having to jump through every hoop and go through new training and this, that, the next thing. And, you know, it's a constant, it's, it's, they're just always up against something because of these people that have one agenda and one agenda only. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think if you weren't, didn't have thick skin, like most of us uh, in this group here have, you know, it could be it could be detrimental to your to your own you know life and livelihood. And a lot of people that are in this line of work, it's not a job to them; it's a vacation. You know, they're so yeah. passionate about it. And why would they go out to do something so stupid that will you know ruin their whole ruin life, whole life, family's yeah. life, lose yeah. their home, their children's mm-hmm. home? Affect you know, it's just it doesn't make any sense. I know what that's like personally because I've had you know death threats to my house I was heavily pregnant had my face cut out of a newspaper which was actually nothing to do with my work it was trying to stop my son's school from closing and you know stuck to the front as a raptor persecution I've never even been on a shoot day so I don't know (laughs) take out a raptor it's like insane so yeah these people are just they're sad individuals who and you know we invite them out sorry I think it's important to note as well though that when one of these incidents does come up mm-hmm. um, and we in, we in the inner circle know for a fact that 99.9% of the of the sector they're not secretly sitting at home or going oh good for them yeah well done blah 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 and we had an incident here 3 years ago um, if if those keepers from the estates in my group could have got hold of that guy they'd have strung him up themselves mm-hmm. you know they, they, they were all for the fact that he was going to get locked up, they were going to throw away the key, and they were absolutely furious when he walked from court. Yeah. You know, they wanted to see an example made. Yeah. I said, before, I said it before as well, you know, bosses, bosses aren't going to pay you court bills now, and they're not going to stand behind you, because when that advert goes in the shooting times or wherever it goes nowadays, there's 300 blokes applying for it. Mm-hmm. it it's not hard to fill a pair of shoes anymore in this job. So why why would you why would you sacrifice your job on it? Yeah, but with vicarious liability too, the the, the landowners essentially um, can be done too, right? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be down the line. Yeah, I d- I also want to say as well, I don't think that the Scottish government appreciate or or uh, you know a lot of people maybe aren't in the know of just how much private money um, actually benefits the public in so many ways from tick management protecting them from you know Lyme disease when they're out walking or mountain biking or whatever it is that they're doing and you know if there is a wildfire it's it's these guys and their kit and their training and their knowledge that's you know it's not government funded that's doing these things it's it's private money and we've got less than a minute left so I'm gonna say thank you very much again no problem Worries. Really appreciate it. It is much appreciated.
You've been listening to the Outdoor Man Podcast. We're glad you're here. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Find us on Twitter at Podcast Outdoor, on Instagram, Outdoor underscore Man underscore Podcast, on Facebook, Outdoor Man Podcast, and you can even reach us by email, dan at outdoorman.uk. Let us know your outdoor questions and be sure to tag us when you're outside living your best life. Until next time, be the example.